is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough! I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Um, it's still up there so people can check it out. But here's my point. I have no problem if people want to go to pirate games because it's a great experience, because the ballpark is an amazing uh, time and an affordable entertainment option. I have no problem with that. I am not suggesting those people do not go. I'm not suggesting that people who go repeatedly should stop going. All I'm suggesting is that the people who repeatedly go and allege that they are furious and finished and frustrated with this team for consistently um, behaving in a way that is similar to the trades of Cole and McCutcheon, then I take umbrage with those people continuing to give their money and knowing that nothing's going to change unless attendance drips dips dramatically. And, Adam, I'll say this. I put in this column, they're going to have at least 1.2 million people through the gates. That would be about a 300,000 decrease in attendance, which would be significant, and still not significant enough, in my opinion, to force the Pirates to change their way of doing business. So I just think it's time for the people that continuously complain every time this happens to stop complaining and start making the team pay a price. That's all. Rob, this is going to probably piss my base off a little bit because I've been known as the snowflake around here. But what this reminds me of is when there's all kinds of bitching and moaning after Donald Trump's elected. Meanwhile, not enough people got to the polls to make sure that Donald Trump didn't get elected. You can bitch and moan all you want. You can hold up signs and scream. But if you're one of the people who holds up signs and you didn't vote, this is partly your fault, uh, if not mostly your fault. If you're one of the people who wants to hold up signs and come with me down to Federal Street and boycott the Pittsburgh Pirates, or, or pardon me, protest the Pittsburgh Pirates that way, but refuse a boycott and still goes to games... Uh, you are complicit in this whole thing, and I realize right. You- if if you're if right, if your interest is in seeing them do business differently, if you're not, if it's just an entertainment option to you, and you enjoy all the other things, I don't have a problem with that. Nor should anybody. That's a different discussion. But I'll say sure. this, Adam: it's no different to me. These people that go to ten to fifteen games a year and then complain but still keep going, than the people who are always upset at the National Hockey League for shutting down the game, but then when the NHL does shut down the game, those people come back in droves. Um, I have no sympathy and or respect or interest in hearing the, hearing the complaints of people who are not going to change their behavior. And if they're not going to change their behavior, then, hey, Bob Nutting, he's going to win, and you're always going to lose. And look, I don't know why we're surprised, because what is more associated with losing than the Pirates and their fans? Rob Rossi joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob, one guy who doesn't want anything to change is Bob Nutting. And 
he's talked a lot about the economics of baseball, and that's always kind of the meat shield here, right? Well, baseball doesn't allow us. Well, why would you, Bob Nutting, want baseball to change? He doesn't. You don't hear him. Never. Wouldn't. At all. wouldn't, Adam. It's, it's, it's a, it's None a, of the it's small market owners should. Bring up. It's disingenuous. And you know what, Adam? Here's my thing. I have, when Bob Nutting and the Pirates have done well, I've written it and I've said it. And I don't criticize him uh, the year they won 98 games. If you want to criticize them that offseason, but at that deadline, they went and they did improve a team that had a chance to win. Um, I think the money that Bob Nutting has put back into this franchise in terms of its um, uh, scouting and in terms of its development was the right choice. But Baseball has capped the Pirates at the knees with the rules they've placed about the draft, and they continuously make it advantageous for people from lower revenue. I don't use the term small market because this market as a region has about 3 million people. Uh, but lower revenue franchises, and it's fair to classify the Pirates as that, baseball makes it advantageous for them to, to operate business this way, and here's why. And we said this before, Adam, forget the salary cap. It would be the floor that's associated with the cap. In the NBA, if you don't spend to a certain limit, you have to redistribute the money you save on that spending amongst your roster. In the NHL, there is a salary cap and floor tied to revenue. I believe it's the same way in the National Football League. You have to spend a minimum amount. If there was a salary cap in baseball, I believe, based off talking to people, that it would be a minimum payroll floor of $105 million. And there are at least 10 franchises that have zero interest in spending $105 million yearly on payroll. And those are the franchises, not the Yankees, not the Red Sox, not the Los Angeles Dodgers, not the Chicago Cubs. It is those 10 franchises that don't want to have to be told to spend $100 million a year at a minimum that prevent a salary cap system from coming into play, and the Pirates are among those franchises. Yeah, it's exactly right. And Rob Rossi from the trip joins me here and Upgroove on the Crowley Show. Uh, it's that, and then it's also uh, there's the revenue sharing that goes into this. There's the TV contracts, and all that stuff winds up benefiting the small market team. It's basically welfare, and what am I doing today? I'm pissing off my entire base. Uh, if you ever hear a complaint about welfare, it's what? People will rest on their loyals and they'll continue to collect the welfare. It's the same thing that the pirates are doing right now. They could go out and, quote-unquote, for this analogy, get a job, right? But why would right. they? Why would they want to do that? They wouldn't. Oh, Adam, I would run the franchise the same way. I probably would, too. I mean, it's it's a brilliant business model, especially if you have a core fan base that's going to come at $1.5 million no matter what. And by the way, Pirate fans, before you want to rest, you know, heartily on your moral equivalency, when they had a 98-win team that was going to the playoffs for the third year in a row, did they get close to $3 million in attendance? No. People were ripping me when I said the Cardinals came to town with a division title on the line on a Monday night, and it wasn't sold out at PNC Park, and everybody said, well, you know, kids are in school. In fact, shut up. Seriously, shut up. Pittsburgh, you can do better supporting this team when it is great. You continuously give the Pirates' ownership 
the ammunition it needs to behave the way it does, because when they're very good, the pirate fans in the region aren't great when it comes to packing the house, and when they're not good, they still come enough to not force their hands. So become a better baseball town. Become a better baseball fan base. Become a smarter baseball fan base. You would not put up with this from the Penguins or the Steelers. You do it for the Pirates, Pirate fans. You, a lot of you act as if it's your money they're spending. It's theirs. Hold everybody accountable. That's one thing that I'm asking for Pirate fans. That's one thing that I've never been able to understand. Well, you can't pay him that much. Uh, you wouldn't want to see him do that. Well, why the bleep not? He's the 10th richest owner in Major League Baseball. Rob Rossi joins me here on the Crowley Show. Here's why what they're doing right now is even more brilliant than I think people understand. Uh, I was pissed before because I thought that they were kind of in the middle of a rebuild or trying to contend for this season because they're bringing forth four Major League players who are supposedly going to help this year, and they're saying... My God, it's like pulling teeth. They will not say that they're rebuilding. But what they're doing, Rob, is they're making this team just good enough. They're going to be a 72-75 win team, just like last year's team. And that, because of the way baseball is right now, going to allow them to be a contender until the beginning of August. And they're going to get their 1.2 million people that way. Right. And here's my point, Adam. I, I would be much, were I a fan, and let's be clear, I'm not. No. But were I a fan, I would very much be in favor of the Pirates, uh, for lack of a better word, tanking on this season and yes. next, committing fully to a rebuild. And as critical as I have always been of the Penguins, um, even in good times, I will say this. I think the finest moment of the Mario Lemieux-Ron Burkle ownership was when Yarmir Yager left. Uh, via trade, a trade that they made because of financial reasons, following the 2000 and 2001 season, they began a fire sale of everybody not named the owner. Okay? And they came right out. Craig Patrick came out and said, look, we're not going to compete for a championship by keeping these guys. We have to try to compete for a championship again. What we're going to do is we're going to rebuild through the draft, and we're going to try to get high draft picks. And, by the way, they got lucky in some cases that their guys they were able to draft were named Flurry and Crosby and Malkin, but it worked. And they didn't know for sure that the cap system was coming when they started that. They hoped. They didn't know for sure. But by doing that, by being honest, by retaining some sort of structural integrity, they were able to preserve their core constituency, Adam. Yep. And those people stood by them long enough to give their plan a chance to work. I think if the Pirates would have come out and said, you know what, it's over. If anything, we tried to do this. We tried to hold on to it a year too long. We're starting over. We did this once. We'll do it again. Have faith in us. This is the plan. I think a larger portion of the general audience would support that. I think so, too, Rob. I think honesty goes a long way in your personal relationships or in anything larger than that. I mean, think about this. This is a, the example that comes to the top of my head. Roger Clemens used steroids. Andy Pettit used steroids. Andy Pettit said, I used steroids. Yankee fans love him. Roger Clemens, my God, that guy is, is hated. Uh, they don't yeah, like Barry that Barry Bonds had better personal relationships with people in the media. He would have statues at two ballparks. Yep. Just be honest. And 
the Pirates aren't. Uh, Rob, and that's all- the reason the Patriots are never given the benefit of the doubt, Adam. Great point never by you. The benefit of the doubt because they come off as jerks. And listen, I am a jerk. I know what that's like. But it is the burden of being a jerk that when you can produce, you're going to be hated. You just have to own it. Rob, we got to make this a weekly thing. If you're feeling up to it, are you healthy? Are you okay? Well, as long as I don't die, I'm willing to talk to you once a week, Adam. Well, God willing, creek don't rise. Fingers <laughs> crossed. We shall see. Thanks a lot, buddy. Take care, bud. There he goes, Rob Rossi. It's Mountaineer, that guy. Which is why he probably has the 100% spot-on view when it comes to what's eventually going to happen to this Mountaineer basketball team. But I suppose that's neither here nor there. Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. Yeah, we're stacking guests. It's Wednesday. I'm tired. And we love Ray Fittipaldo. It's the Crowley Show. See ya. Is it Randy Fickner next? Now we find out Richard Mann has, in fact, retired as the Steelers are putting out a press release. I think Richard Mann, the Steelers wide receivers coach, one of the best in the biz. Look at all the great receiver talent that he's molded here in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a loss, and I don't think people know how big of a loss it will be. Joining me now to discuss all that and more, he is Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, this team never allows you time to sleep, do they? No, they don't. It's just a news item after news item, Adam. But, uh, hey, that's a good thing. I expected to be working this week anyway. I'm not covering an AFC championship game, but uh, plenty of news nonetheless. No doubt. Your thoughts on the Steelers saying goodbye to Todd Haley? Was this a move that needed to be made? Um, you know, I mean, you look at the statistics, uh, Adam and um, you know the overwhelming answer is no. But when you look at the interpersonal relationships with with both the players and within the coaching staff, then I think you know you, you sort of figure out why this why this happened. So um, you know you mentioned at the top that Randy Feekner is a good candidate um, to to replace Todd. I think it makes a, a ton of sense. Um, Randy's been an original member of Mike Tomlin's staff. Um, he's been a quarterback's coach for the last number of years after starting here as the receiver's coach. And with Ben turning, turning 36 and wanting to play three more years, he's the guy who could sort of, you know, write that final chapter, chapter along with Ben. So um, not a surprise really at all today with, with Todd, and I, I would expect – Sometime within the next week, I, w- I would assume that um, we'll go ahead and make it official that uh, Randy is probably going to be the guy. That makes sense to me. I think it's the way to go, and it sounds like he's got a better relationship with Ben Roethlisberger. And here's the thing, Ray. I've kind of downplayed the Haley Roethlisberger relationship here on the show because I haven't heard that it's as bad, maybe, as it's been made out to be. But given the statistics of the Steelers' offense – and the fact that now Todd's not coming back, I mean, that would scream in the opposite, right? I mean, you would think that that has everything to do with why he's not going to be here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just one player, though, either, Adam. I, I think there were some issues within that coaching staff. Uh, Ed Bouchette wrote a story today where, you know, early on in Todd's tenure, you had assistant coaches leaving um, because they didn't want to work with Todd. So 
Um, I, I think there was a little bit of that going on again here uh, this season. I think it was going to be one or the other, either Todd State or some other guys left. And, um, you know, Mike liked uh, some of the other guys on his staff, and he thought maybe the offense could, uh, you know, maybe use a little bit of a change-up. I mean, this has been a really successful offense in terms of yards, um, sometimes in terms of points, but when you look at this red zone offense and you're wondering why sometimes the Steelers are involved in close games, um, you know, this, this unit, and Ben's a big part of it, they, they have to start to, to figure out why they can't be a good red zone offense. If they are, they'll be one of the top offenses in the NFL in yards and points. But as it stands now, you know, they, they pile up the yards and, they don't always, you know, convert with touchdowns. So if there's one big dog that's ahead of the next coordinator, it's going to be um, trying to score points in the red zone. This is tough to parse, so bear with me here. But in the Steelers' last game against Jacksonville, they did put up 42 points, but I would argue that a lot of that had to do with the playmaking, not so much the play calling. Fourth and five, chuck it up. Fourth and 11, chuck it up. That's a Hall of Famer throwing to another Hall of Famer in A.B., and that's a Hall of Famer throwing to a freak in Martavis Bryant. Also, Ben Roethlisberger made a vintage Ben play when he uh, threw the ball in a lateral sense to Le'Veon Bell, and he scored a touchdown. It is tough to parse talent as opposed to play calling, but I'd say that when people throw the 42 points in the face of the people who say Todd Haley shouldn't have been let go, that's the response I'll have. Yeah, and I see that. I mean, you're looking at, at a situation, Adam, where if they don't um, convert those fourth downs, maybe you're looking at a 45 to 21 game. You know, so um, I, I definitely see where people are coming from with that. Um, you look at the play design of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they have receivers running wide open all over the field on Sunday. I know a lot of that had to do with miscommunications and, and you know mental lapses on the part of the. Um, the Steelers, the defenders, but, um, you know, good play design also gets your guys open too. And sometimes it doesn't have to be as difficult, um, you know, as it has been on the Steelers. So I think that's true. And I think, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see how the new guy um, does it, whether it's Randy or it's somebody else that maybe we haven't heard about at this point. Ray Fittipaldo, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Heinz Ward's already being kicked around as the wide receiver coach. Is that something that it has any basis in reality to you? Well, I mean, Adam, you were around the team uh, in training camp just like I was. He was a coaching intern, and then throughout the season, he would come up for a week every once in a while. I, I would say, I don't know how many times, maybe three, four times throughout the, the season, he would spend a week with the coaching staff, and he even went on that road trip to Cincinnati in early December. So, um, you know, it seems like that uh, is definitely a possibility. I don't know if if they would have gone to the trouble of having him, you know, come up so often if that wasn't going to be the case. But, hey, listen, the, the new coordinator might uh, might want to pick that receiver's coach himself, too. So we'll, we'll have to wait to see how that plays out. But I think if you connect the dots there and you look at how this has played out over the last six or seven months, Hines has been a pretty constant uh, presence around the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is that guy. Ray Fittipaldo joining me here on the Crowley Show. Ray, there's a report out there now that Mike Tomlin is not going to do anything with the defensive staff. Uh, I think Keith Butler should be allowed to stick around. Uh, I think he's done a lot of good things. I know that the second half of the season it was not great, and there were a lot of miscommunications, as you've already alluded to. Uh, other than Keith, though, I do think there might have been some room for tweaking, uh, given the way that the team performed down the stretch. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have that uh, same opinion, Adam. But, you know, this was a defense that uh, was good early in the season, and um, they had some injuries, Joe Hayden and, of course, Ryan Shazier. So maybe they're thinking that they can they could tweak some things, and, you know, Mike obviously likes the, the staff that he has. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, obviously the season ended with uh, just a, a terrible performance all around there, and, um, I, I think when you look at their off-season needs, I, I think you know you're looking at defense first and foremost when you look at free agency and in the upcoming NFL draft. When you are looking at those positions, who are the guys on this defense that you think uh, need to be replaced? And maybe that's a strong word, but the areas that they most need to look into, I think, are the safety position. I don't think Mike Mitchell played very well this year, and I've been a big Mike Mitchell defender, but this year to me was not good enough. And then, you know, with all due respect to Ryan Shazier, I of course the inside linebacker position is going to need to be addressed. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. You know, it's a harsh reality, really, of, of the um, the NFL. You know, they have to move on and they have to search for Ryan's replacement. When you look at the way the three-four defense is built. You know, the outside linebackers and the inside linebackers are sort of the linchpins to, to how that thing is run. So I would imagine that would be the first pick, no later than the second pick. And then you mentioned um, free safety. Uh, Mike Mitchell is an $8 million cap hit this year. Um, if they wanted to rid themselves of the final year of that contract, it would only cost them, I think, $1.7 million in debt money, Adam. So... That seems like a pretty good idea um, if indeed he did not play well. And I'm, I'm in your your corner there. I don't think he had a great year. So I guess it all depends on if they want to, you know, get someone from agency that they really like or if they're convinced they can get his replacement in the draft. But um, he had zero interceptions this season. He had only four in his four years with the Steelers. Um, they need some playmakers back there, and they got to start creating some turnovers, and Mike Mitchell just doesn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. On the offensive side, Ray, uh, not a lot of parts moving, but there are big parts, of course. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, my guess is the Steelers do put the franchise tag on him and then try to figure something out. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I mean, Adam, they were going to do that in the summer. They offered him a long-term contract, and, um, you know, anytime they have all pro players, they do everything they can to keep them. And uh, Antonio Brown's a, a perfect example of that. Even though there's off-field baggage with Antonio, um, it's not even baggage. I mean, it's it's the distractions. Even though um, he's a bit of a handful, they they realize what he brings to the team. And I think that's probably the same with Le'Veon Bell. You um, deal with a lot of stuff with social media and you know, talking and that sort of thing, but there's really no one like him in the NFL. So unless anything has changed in the last six months where they've really tired of his act, I would assume they'll franchise him again and try to get a long-term deal done. But if they don't, they're going to be in the market for a running back because we, we all know how important um, Ben has relied on that running game and really the running backs in the passing game the last couple of years. If, if Bell isn't back, you got to go out and you know get a new running back in in the draft in April. Martavis Bryant said he'd like to be back. What are your thoughts there? Because to me, I'd love to have him back too if I'm the Steelers. If he's going to keep his mouth shut, but you can never guarantee that that's going to be the case. Well, and he's, he comes cheap too. He's on the last year of his rookie contract. I mean, there's not really much downside to it, assuming he's he's going to behave himself. And really, it seems like 
since October and that trade request was made, he seems to have come around. Uh, I talked to him on Monday, um, at, you know, the, at the locker clean out and, you know, he, he, he seemed like he was genuine that, that he wanted to return. And then Mike Tomlin on, uh, uh, on Tuesday said the same thing. You know, he, he had some, uh, somewhat of a process to go through to understand his role this year. But, um, since they came to that understanding, he was a much, much better citizen and he was actually a more productive football player too. So, um, he's going to come cheap. He can be productive. And, you know, if that happens, that's, uh, you know, that's quite a value for you. Back to Keith Butler and the defensive staff here with Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette. What would you say are the best things that Keith has done since he's come aboard, and what are some things that need to get cleaned up, do you think, before next year? I mean, to me, the the mental lapses, the missed assignments. um, You know, Cam Hayward put it all on the players on, on Monday, and that's all well and good, but the coaches are paid to make sure the players don't have those lapses. And whether it's getting the right players onto the field who won't make mistakes or whether it's simplifying the defense, whatever you have to do, you can't have T.J. Yeldon running 40 yeah. yards on a, on a third and five late in that playoff game to, you know, put a dagger in your heart. I mean, that, that's, that's the most obvious one from, from Sunday, but there were plenty in, in the first half too. So um, to me, it's just getting your – getting your, your guys in the right position and, you know, whether that's putting less talented guys on the field who know what they're doing, maybe sometimes that's better. I know they, they draft for talent and they want to get guys on the field who can run and all that stuff. But um, up in New England, they make it, they, they, they get it done with less talented players and guys who know what they're doing. And maybe the Steelers all auto, uh, you know, follow, follow that uh, thinking a little bit more. They might have a little bit more success with their defense. Bud Dupree, how do you grade what he did this season? Well, I was looking at it today. He only has 14 and a half sacks in his first three NFL seasons. And I know he was injured for, for, you know, the first two years of his career and didn't have complete seasons. So um, it's going to be interesting. They got to decide by May if they're going to pick up his fifth year option. I'm not sure of the price tag on that. It's probably going to be eight or nine million to, to, to pick up his fifth year option. If they don't do that, you know where they stand. They don't really like him and he'll be in Jarvis Jones territory. But, um, you also have to remember they asked him to drop back in the coverage a lot. He did that without complaint. Uh, he's a team player, but there's no doubt. You draft these outside linebackers in the three, four Adam for, for one reason. That's to rush the passer to produce sacks, to produce turnovers. And Bud Dupree just hasn't done it with enough consistency. Ray, really appreciate the time, man, and appreciate you coming on all season long. Uh, it's been fun, and they've certainly given us a lot to talk about, dude. Thanks again. All right, Adam. I'll talk to you. Up next, my hottest take of the day. Not going to make you happy. I just belched into the microphone. It's been that kind of day. It's Crowley Show. Ten days away from piercing it. I don't know. I'd put the percentage chance of me having a six-pack by the 27th at one. This sweatshirt doesn't do me any favors because it bunches up, so it makes me look a little chunkier. I always tell Leanna that. She goes, no, I love your Patagonia. Well, I said make me look fat, but... What's under here is flat for your average man, but fat for your six-pack man. 
Can I pull back the curtain just a tad bit here? Of course you can. Okay. Transparency, number one rule on the uh, virtue of the Crowley Show here. Now you butchered that. The but yeah. look on your face. So on during the break, we're describing uh, KDO and I are going through the uh, uh, what what entails pier what what comes along with the piercing. Like I've been researching, Crippling Katie's infection. been researching. We're looking for somebody to do this because, well, frankly, none of us have faith in you having a six pack by then, and we're all looking forward to a piercing. But the look on your face as we're describing this needle that's going to go through your belly button, I felt bad for you. For the first time during this whole thing, I was like, oh, no, that just got real. I didn't know it was a needle. I thought they were just going to shoot me with a gun. As Katie says, well, that's bad, right, Katie? Because the gun can be, uh, that can give you an infection. Now, they're going with, like, knitting needle through your belly button. My ex-girlfriend had leukemia. There's no non-interesting way to say that and she had to do the whole bone marrow thing she's okay right now i suppose i should say that she's fine this this, this is like a decade ago she's okay she almost moved in next door i remember she had to do the bone marrow needle thing and i think that is legit this is obviously not going to be that but no ever since that i've been afraid of needles my buddy ryan who i work out with he had to do the same thing. He had to get tested to see if he was able to be compatible for somebody for bone marrow. And he said they just lean on this giant needle. Like, they put it in your hip and they lean on it. And he said it's awful. Uh, so I'm, of course, imagining the worst. I'm, of course, imagining that. Whereas it's probably just going to be needle right through the belly button. Is it the bottom or the top of the belly button? Katie? The bottom? What is with you and your, and your unwillingness to go to the microphone today? I'm right here. Hello. It's the bottom. The bottom? Mm-hmm. They're going to pierce the bottom of my belly button. But it's the second least painful piercing you can get. Behind lobing it? Yes. Okay. Like, Okay, so pain's different with everybody, right? Sure. Okay, and, and judging by the yells and screams you had during the waxing, your pain threshold probably isn't super high. You're an ass. <laughs> and I almost dropped the other. You see how close I came to that? Yes, I did. The H started to come out of my mouth, dude. You're an ass. Bro, that hurt like a bitch. No, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. And I'm not clowning you in any way for like the pain you experienced. I bet I'm just that hurts that- worse than the piercing. I think you'll scream during the piercing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I think that the waxing hurt more. Katie says I'm not going to scream. You don't think so, Katie? We're going to be videoing this son of a bitch, too. Look, now I'm like trying to bring Katie to the mic, and she's just shaking her head. This is radio, Katie, not I television. My, I had my lobes pierced when I was 14. So if I can do that as an eighth grader, seventh grader, I think you can. Well, some children suffer horrific pain. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to deal with the pain that they dealt with well. How about you just grin and bear it because this was your idea? No, actually it wasn't, but deal with it. I will grin and bear it. I will probably yell. And I will deal with it. Oh, I can't wait for this. I really can't. We need to We need to figure out who we're going to get to come do it. Yeah, I'm, I actually, I'm, it's narrowed down to three. Three? Three places, yeah. Wait, you're telling me that you've actually gone out? I've called. You've called 
And you're what are you bidding, bidding against them? Bidding them against one another? No, I'm not bidding them. Are we just, gonna have to pay for this? No, no, that's the thing. I do not want to have to pay for this. Um, if we do have to pay for it, then we're getting you a real piece of cheap jewelry to put in there, and then you probably will get it. Yeah, we'll get exactly. We'll get something. By cheap, I mean something with Nutting's face on it. <laughs> I do love how that's the cheer for the Pirates. Let's go, Bucks. That's the chant. And it's also what Bob Nutting says, but he's not talking about Bucks as in the shortened version of Buccaneers. He's thinking yeah. about Bucks, B-U-C-K-S. Oh, wait, I thought they were rooting for me to make more money. Bob Nutting never lets go of any Bucks. Give yourself, give yourself the loser game show sound. Yeah, can we get a want want? Yeah, we need a want want. Thank you. Thank you very much. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Last chance to get in. You could tell that my energy has been sapped by thinking about the needle that's going to go through my navel. Oh, grow up, Nancy. Do we do that at the beginning of the show or at the end of the show or at the middle portion of the show? I was thinking probably around five o'clock, but then I'm going to have to do two hours of radio <laughs> with Ouchie. Yeah, I think we I think we probably go early to mid um, because it'll be funny with you doing radio with an ouchie. I think that would be funny. How long do I have to keep this in? Oh, I think there's like a rule of thumb for it that you have to keep it in for a certain amount of time, like, you know, just medically. But I'd say you have to at least keep it for this for two weeks. You might grow to like it, Crowley. Are we doing a pit thing? You might be a belly button guy. My wife... Used to have her nose pierced, like one of those little ones on the yeah. inside. And uh, I'm a big nose picker, transparency being the number one virtue here of the Crowley show. And she said that the boogers would form around that. Oh, no. Which, yeah, that's a booger catcher. Yeah, which sounds like a lot of fun. This is going to be nothing. I'm going to have lint sitting on this <laughs> son of a gun. button lint. And it'll be lint just right there on top. Oh, no. I mean, hey, it'll make you look sexier, you know? Chicks dig the belly button piercing. That's on true. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in the next day wearing a belly shirt. That's what I've always heard. Women love that kind of thing. <laughs> you gotta come in in a belly shirt. Like I think I think that needs to happen. <laughs> you know, when we set this up, the farther away we were from it, the less I thought about it being real. Uh, now, obviously, we are right here, a week plus away. What ten days? Mm-hmm. God. And it's funny, too, because you've kind of gone along the same lines of anybody else who was trying to lose weight. Like, you had your moments where you were full in it. You were going at it. Like, it was on the radar. You were ready to nail this challenge. Then the holidays came. There's a few foods there, but you thought you could make it back. You thought maybe you could, you know, I can still do this. Then, like, uh, you did it for a few days, and then, yeah, guess what I had this weekend? You know, and there was like a seven, 16 beers. Yeah, there was a 16 or 17 day beer or beer day in there. Um, and now time is running out. And and if I had to lay money down, I'm, I'm, we're piercing this thing. I think we are. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at your abs. Let me see your abs. I'm not Stand showing up them. Here. Come on, let me see. I'm not doing it. Let Devin, next quick. up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Devin. Devin, you want to see his ads, right? Abs, right? I mean, for scientific for, si- <laughs> for scientific purposes, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I called him to tell him that I'm proud of him. Uh, for 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 honoring the bet, man. Really? Well, like, I haven't honored it yet. There's a there's a good chance I run out on it in the last minute. I don't think you'll do it, man. No, I'm like not too much. So, so I got a feeling about you, like uh, just like earlier when you said that I won't talk about him because he's my family member. You are a convincing bastard. I have to tell you, man. <laughs> like, you, you you say stuff, and I'd be like, believe me, like, oh my goodness, he's related to 
I don't. I shouldn't call him a tuck shit. Oh yeah, Devin, that's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah! Oh no, we made him feel that comfortable. Brian, you're last up here on the Crowley Show today. What's up, man? My question is, uh, if the everybody keeps talking about how much money they make, the Pirates make off of their TV deals and radio deals. If the team is so bad that no one's tuning in, how does that not hurt them? I mean. It's going to be. It's going to be. I spend 80% of my workday in a car and, and we'll listen to them when they're on the air. But when they're playing terrible and we know, you know that they're not going to have any postseason success. I'll find something else to listen to. Well, Brian, the hope the hope is well. the hope is that if people stop watching and stop going, that the Pirates have to change the way that they operated. But the issue is, even if they get a zero point zero rating on TV, they still are going to have to go to Root Sports or AT and T Sports Network because that's the only show in town, and the AT and T Sports Network is still going to want the Pirates because what else are they going to put on in the summer? Uh, it's going to be tough to force the Pirates' hand, but I don't want to be complicit in this garbage that they've been running for the last decade. It is now time for the hottest take of the day. Ready, Joe? It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> day, day, day. <laughs> This kind of dovetails, to use a Tim Benz word, off of the last point that was made by our caller. You really don't have a say in anything. You want nutting gone? Take some pitchforks, take some torches down to Federal Street. You know what it's going to do? Make them laugh, because you'll probably buy a couple of t-shirts when you're down there. You want Mike Tomlin fired? You want his ass gone? You want Keith Butler gone? There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing that the minority owners can do about it. They can walk into Mike Tomlin's office. Pardon me. They can walk into Art Rooney II's office and say, Art, we want Tomlin gone. And Art's going to push him out the door and slam it in their face. If he's going to do that to the minority owner, what's he going to do to you? You don't have a say when it comes to change in your sports franchise. You don't have a say when it comes to whether or not Mike Tomlin gets fired. You don't have a say when it comes to whether or not Bob Nutting owns the Pirates. You can yell, you can scream, hey, you can even sign petitions. But you're impotent, and there's no little blue pill that can change that fact. What are you supposed to do when you hate a coach or an owner? I'm right there with you when it comes to Nutting. Bob Nutting. Do you really think it's a good idea to start over with your franchise quarterback at this point in his career? You really think someone could do a better job than Mike Tomlin? Well, if you do, you're just yelling at a wall because it ain't going to happen. And that, my friends, my snowflakes, is the hottest take of the day. I got it. That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. After the hottest take of the day, I have a sheet of paper. Again, transparency, the number one virtue in the Crowley Show. Uh, Brian, can you read this far? What's it say at the top? It says, other crap in capital letters. Okay, so if, if, I, didn't, <laughs> if I need to fill time at the end of the show, I've got other crap to get to. We need another crap intro. We do. What do you got for me, Joe? Let me. Okay, here we go. Woo! Other crap. 
Tom Brady got hurt today in practice and had to see the doctor, so he was unavailable to the media. If the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to Blake Bortles before they would have got to play Brian Hoyer, I think my head's going to explode. And that's other crap. 